Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Good to see everybody today. I um, hope the Lord is moving in your life. I hope you're having great expectations of what God is doing. Maybe you don't see it yet, but God's doing something. Sometimes that's all you got is a promise. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you got is just a little something to hang on to. You ever watch somebody climb a rock without a rope? I don't know why in the world anybody would ever want to do that. But you will see these guys hanging by their fingertips out over nothing. I've seen a guy hanging by one hand with just his fingertips completely suspended over hundreds of feet below him. Why would anybody put themselves in that situation? Yet that's exactly what we're doing sometimes when we just say, I'm just going to trust God. You, you may not have nothing more than your fingertips to hang on to, but God is coming. <laughs> Look up, your redemption draws near. David said, I look into the hills from where my help comes. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You may be waiting on just such a thing in your life today. You may not see no evidence, but you're just hanging on to that one little simple truth. Keep hanging. He's there. He has not left you. He has not give up on you. Don't give up on him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father God, we come to you today. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for the promises of your word, the certainty that we have in you fulfilling your promises, God. We thank you that you have called us to such an important day, an important time to meet you here in this place. Lord, how awesome is it to know that you have an appointed time for us to meet you. So, Lord, we, uh, we don't want to take that for granted. We don't want to just blow by this opportunity to be in your presence and ignore it. Lord, you are good. You are great and greatly to be praised. And so today, Lord, I humble myself before you, knowing that you are the God of all creation. I am nothing without you. Lord, I ask that you give me words to speak this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit would would uh, continue to remain with us in this place, Lord, and just anoint me to speak. Help me to say only what you'd have me to, Lord. I pray that you go before me and prepare the hearts and minds of everyone here, Lord, that they might receive your word today. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, we'll begin reading in verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, but for they think that they will be heard for their many words. 
Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Today I want to talk to you about this secret place. Why? Why secret? It's not for others to see. You know, he uses a reference here of people that love to go out in front of everybody else and and pray these big eloquent prayers and say a lot of words and sometimes just repeat themselves over and over. And and they they are doing it purely for show. Y'all, this is not an admonition against public prayer. This is not an admonition about coming into a group of believers especially and and coming together and praying. It's not against that. It's saying if you're doing it for a show, if you're doing it to get attention, then you've got your reward right there. But this prayer in a secret place has a special place in the life of a Christian. We, We should pray continually. We've talked about that over the past couple weeks as we finish up this armor of God series that we were covering and and we've talked about how prayer should be something continually how it should envelop every part of our life but there is a special kind of prayer also I, I love to just at, throughout the day try to try to talk to God and I, I fail at it a lot of times but I like to bring him into my situations as much as I can I like to ask him what he thinks about things and tell him how I feel about things But that is still different from this prayer in a secret place. We we go away. We we lock ourselves behind a door to remove distractions. We, We empty our mind of all the cares of the world and we put our focus on the one. The one that matters. The one true God. The one living God. The one that provides, that heals, that moves in our life. The one that calls us into His service. We, We forget everything else and we put our focus on Him in a secret place. Now the place itself doesn't have to be secret from everybody else. You don't have to go uh, hide off in the woods somewhere where nobody knows where you are. The point is to get away, to, to shut off all of those distractions for a little while. And to just abide. To just abide with the Almighty. This kind of prayer is about a relationship not about a display. You notice he says, do not use vain repetitions. Let's take that just a step further. You know, there are uh, people that have prayers that they have learned and they recite those. But it also goes into what, what I would, would want to translate this for myself is, is quit worrying about being so eloquent. Sometimes we don't pray because we're afraid we're going to say the wrong thing. We're not going to say something just right. We've got to use the right words. Oh, our Father, uh, hallowed be... You know, we try to be so formal. We try to be so precise. It, it goes on and it says there that, that your Father in Heaven knows your needs before you even ask Him. 
You know what that tells me? It tells me that I can come before God and I can be real with Him and be transparent and show Him my, my lack, my, my places that I fail. I can just pour my heart out before Him. He already knows my need. I don't have to be really good with my words with Him. I can come before Him and just say, Lord, I need You. You don't have to explain to him every detail. Just lay that burden down so that he can carry it. It's okay to stutter and stammer with your words. <laughs> it's okay when you don't even know the right thing to pray. I mean, have you ever had that time when, when there was something that was bothering you and you might not even known what it was? And you just didn't even know what to pray about. Maybe you've had a time when, when you knew the problem, but you didn't know what to ask for. Or maybe you, you knew all of this situation, but you had no direction on what the best way to go was. It's okay. You don't have to... You know, I've watched movies where somebody had a genie, and they would ask for something and say, okay, I wish that I had this. And the genie would give them the exact thing that they asked for. And taking it so literally, actually it became a curse to them. They didn't realize what they were asking for when they asked for something. And he answered it so literally. And I think sometimes we feel like God is going to do that to us. If we ask things just the, not quite the right way, He's going to give us exactly what we asked for, knowing that is not good for us. Y'all, I'm here today to tell y'all that is not the God I serve. God knows my need. He knows how to, get, how to fix my need. He, he knows the very answer to my prayer. He knows the right thing to do for my life, and He wants good for me. And when I go to Him and I lay that need out, He knows the way to answer it. He doesn't require me to be eloquent with everything I say and to have every little I dotted and every T crossed. He, he's not going to hold those little errors against me in my request. He knows my heart. He knows the need. He knows how to answer it. And He wants to do good for me. He loves me. And He loves you. Now this prayer in a secret place goes even deeper. This is not the little casual, oh Lord, help that person, they need you. Oh Lord, I've got this problem I need some help with. But it goes into another place. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And then we go into Jude, chapter 1, verse 20. It says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So there is this other component of prayer that every Christian needs in their life, but unfortunately, a lot of us miss. And that is a prayer in the Spirit. 
A prayer that you may not even understand in your mind, but you understand in your spirit. A prayer that you might not can verbalize in plain English, but the Spirit itself can make intercession for you. And so what we miss out sometimes is is by not being able to pray for things we don't know or understand. We can only verbalize things that we have an understanding of in in our human intellect. But there is a Spirit that dwells within us, amen? The Spirit of the living God. And as children of God, if we are filled with the Spirit and we have been gifted with these kind of things, what we can do is begin to set aside the nature of man for a while and walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit. And we can begin to access areas in our walk with God that otherwise would be inaccessible. It is critical that a Christian be renewed, to be refilled, to be refreshed. We run out. We run out of this force, this power that that enables us. And I don't want this to sound mystical today or anything like that, but when we are saved, we encounter God in a special way. And there is another encounter. It was we are filled with the Spirit. We receive power. Jesus told His disciples, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't set out on doing the things I have told you to do. He, he had already told them. He said, go into the world and preach the Gospel. And He said, but I want you to wait in Jerusalem. Don't you leave yet. Because you're going to need power. He said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And when that happens, you'll have what you need to go and preach the gospel to all the world. You will have what you need to get out there and to do things that nobody else can do. To, to meet people at the point of their need. To address problems that arise that nobody else can understand. You'll have what you need when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you feel any sort of calling of God to do anything for Him, you need to be empowered. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And as we get back to prayer, that that intercession that happens by the Spirit on our behalf is a core component of operating in the Spirit. We need Him praying and saying and doing things that we don't necessarily understand in our own mind. In Jude there, he says, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. I would say today that every Christian needs to do something that's counterintuitive to what you've been taught. Take care of yourself first. That's not what we're taught in this world. Especially in in the realm of somebody that's supposed to be doing the right thing. What are we taught? We're taught, always do for other people before you do for yourself. Take care of other people before you take care of yourself. Serve someone else before you serve yourself. And I'm not here to contradict that in in most areas of life, but I'm going to contradict it in this one. You know, if you've ever flown on an airplane, a flight attendant will get up and what they're going to say is, 
uh, in the event of emergency, a mask will drop from the ceiling. Put this mask on your face. Do it for yourself before you do it for anybody else. Why is that? Because if there is a lack of oxygen in that plane, and you take the time to help somebody else first, you yourself may not make it. But here's the thing, if you go ahead and grab that mask and put it on yourself, you then can help somebody else because you're covered. You're good. You've got air to breathe now so that you can help somebody else. We have got to get the right mindset as a child of God, knowing that we must build ourselves up before we can ever go about helping somebody else. If we're running on empty all the time, we don't have nothing to give anybody. We don't have a means to get to them. Do you understand what I'm saying today, church? We must build ourselves up in the Holy Ghost or we are going to be running on empty all the time. Running on fumes. We must feed and nurture ourselves. We've got to church, we've got to stop acting like a bunch of babies waiting on somebody to bring us a bottle. We've got to get in the Word. We've got to eat that meat. Get that nourishment in us. We've got to spend time in prayer in a secret place. Hide away from the rest of the world for a brief time. Spend time seeking God and knowing who He is in relationship with Him. Spend that time. Y'all, I'm not pointing a finger at you today. I am telling myself today I have got to be more diligent about getting away, setting that time aside, being intentional about silencing this world and getting with Him. We must be filled with the Spirit. Where are you in your walk today? Have you been back to that well and been refilled? Have you, have you went back and said, Lord, I'm dry. I need some water. Lord, I, I, I just I don't know what's even wrong. I just need something. Have you ever prayed that church? Man, I find myself praying that, Lord, I, I don't even know what's wrong. I just know I need you. I don't know what the answer is, but I know you do. I need you. I need a touch from you. I need to be filled again, Lord. I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what has to happen. I just know I need you. Sometimes that's all you got and that's all you need. When we humble ourselves before God, He tells us over in the Old Testament, and I believe our entire world needs to hear this today. He says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Here we are today. Make it personal. If you would humble yourself and pray and seek His face and turn from your wicked ways, He'll hear you. He will hear you when you set aside the rest of the world and all of its temptations, all of its trials, and humble yourself before Him and say, Lord, I don't, I got all kinds of things to do right now, but I'm going to give this to you. I'm setting it aside and I'm going to come in here and I'm going to talk to you. Some of y'all got screaming kids at home. You say, well, when am I going to have time? They go to sleep at some point. Find a time. 
I ain't telling you to dedicate five hours. I'm saying find you some time. Give up something. We don't like to do that. We don't like to give up something. Well, that's my time. Well, okay. Let it be his time and you'll get it back. You know, that's a principle I've, I've learned sometimes the hard way. Everything I've given to God, he's given back to me abundantly. <laughs> the word says, pressed down, shaken together, <laughs> and then overflowing, right? Will he give into your bosom? That's what he does. When I, when I just say, Lord, I, I really like this, whatever that might be, but I'm going to give it to you. You know what ends up happening? I, I, I find something more, something better, something, something that I hadn't even dreamed of, that it's, it's abundant. It may not even be the exact same thing, but I guarantee it's better. And y'all, I'm going to tell you, there's, there's not much better than encountering the God of all creation. When you're in that quiet place and He comes and sits there with you, he can minister to you in ways you didn't even know you needed. And there's somebody sitting here today that's saying, I don't know that I really need anything from God. And that's your first problem. Because he's, he's here for you today. He's coming after you today. And you hear me. Don't you turn me off. He is coming after you today. You say, well, why, what do you mean? I, I, I'm telling you, he wants you. He desires a relationship with you. He, he, you say, well, I have a relationship with God. No, you don't. Not like I'm talking about. Otherwise, you wouldn't be arguing with me. And I know it sounds like I'm making all this up, but there's somebody struggling with this right now. You wouldn't be arguing with yourself about this. You wouldn't be having that... That struggle inside because you see, the word says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. And you may be sitting there saying, oh, What do I need? I mean, everything seems good in my life. But no, you're missing it. Because I have never been so full, I didn't want more of it. We're not talking about going to a restaurant, right? You, you leave a restaurant and you say, Man, I ate too much, I feel miserable. I have never felt that way with God. I've never gotten to a point where I said, man, that's more than I can handle. That's, no, too much. Give me more. Give me more. And when you get into that secret place and you lay aside all those distractions, sometimes we don't realize how busy we are. You don't realize how much noise there is in your life until the electricity turns off and you're saying, man, that's, that's quiet. And we get in that secret place and we shut all that stuff off and we begin to seek God and listen for Him and quit talking so much. All of a sudden we start finding out things. We'll start finding out where our relationship with God really is. Uh, Isaiah, the prophet of God, came before him in a vision and he, he said, I, I saw the Lord. <laughs> he was high and lifted up. I, I, his train filled the temple. I saw all these things. And, and it, then he says, Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. In the presence of the pure, righteous, holy God, he recognized his own flaws. 
This is the man of God. This is the prophet of God that has come before him in a vision and, and immediately he sees where he's wrong. And if you're sitting here today and you're saying, well, everything's pretty good in my, my life. My relationship with God's right where it needs to be. You're wrong. Come before Him and I guarantee you, you'll begin to see areas that need to be bolstered up in your life. Areas that need to be shored up, that need to be strengthened, that need to be filled. You'll realize lack where you didn't even know there was lack. You say, well, that doesn't sound very comfortable. I never said it was going to be comfortable. But it's good. There's a lot of folks here today, y'all, and I can say this confidently. There's a lot of folks here today hurting. And you have accepted it. I'm not talking physical pain. I am talking emotional, mental hurt. And you've just accepted it. That's just how it is from now on. It don't have to be. It doesn't have to be that way. See, the Bible tells us pretty plainly that we're going to have trials, we're going to have trouble, but it also tells us we can have joy. And so what, what it tells me is the reality is there is trouble that comes all of the time. But for the child of God, we can be almost, in a sense, immune to that. Yeah, it's here, it's around us, but I have set my eyes on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know where my help comes from. And when we put our focus on Him and we forget all of the trouble around us and the problems of this life, the way people have treated us, the lack that we have in our finances, the way that we have screwed up in school and we're, we may not even graduate, the way our job is and our boss hates us, if we set all of that aside and we say, but I know my God. I know who He is. And I know He loves me. Y'all, we've got to get that stuff going in our life. We've got to walk with Him. The Word tells us that we should walk in the Spirit. If we do that, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Are you struggling with the lust of the flesh today? See, this is one of those places in the Word that is, it's a certainty. It's not maybe. It's not this is a good idea. He says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Are you struggling with the lust of the flesh? Then it's obvious through basic deduction, you're not walking in the Spirit. Been there, done that. I struggle with it. I'm not here today to tell you I'm above you. I understand it, and I have to go back and remind myself, man, if, if this thing in life, whether it be a sexual thing or whether it be a material thing or a, a power thing, I want this position, whatever it might be, that is the lust of the flesh. It's my old man rising up and wanting something on his own. Then I know I'm slipping. I am not walking in the Spirit like I ought to. If that old man, that flesh, is rising up in my life, then that means the Spirit man is not. These two do not coexist very well. 
And when one starts to rear his ugly head, it means the other one is lacking. What we need to be doing is starving the flesh. I ain't talking about don't eat food. Sometimes it might be necessary. Fasting is a real thing. We need to starve the man, the old man, and feed the spirit. We've got to feed him. We've got to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You say, how do you do that, Brother Kevin? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Spirit. You need access to that power like the disciples had. And when you have that, don't neglect it. Maybe you were years ago. I'm here today to tell you that was not enough. Just because it happened years ago don't mean it happened today. That was not enough. You've got to continue to be filled. The word says be filled. It, it doesn't say get filled one time. It's be Filled continually, being filled. Because we do burn that fuel, we do consume that fuel, and we need to go back and, and get recharged and recenter our lives on Jesus and be reminded that really we're just a vessel. And it's so easy to start to get a little bit too arrogant, a little too haughty, a little too much of ourselves, and start to think, well, I can do this. We can't. We must be filled with the Spirit. We must walk in the Spirit. You know why that is so important? Because it removes you out of the equation. We're the problem, y'all. Flesh, the old man, that's the problem. The Spirit is never the problem. 